This is Paul George. Good to be with you today in studio with uh, a producer sit-in, uh, Adam Conk, and for uh, Casey. Hey, Paul. Good to see you. Good to see you. I- I'll try to fill in. You know, I only got one job description, be sarcastic and make fun of his age. So That was all Casey told you to do. Yeah. So what do you think of that, old man? Well, that's easy because that's basically what Casey does. Right. So yeah. I'll try that, you old fart. Anyways, great to be with you today, Adam. <laughs> Glad you're in, pushing all the buttons, spinning the tunes. And you you have more than one job descriptions, but we're not going to get into that uh, today. So anyway, uh, it's been a great week. Uh, lots of things going on. We have a great show today, Adam. Um, great guest, Josh Blakesley, who will be on later. Which Very I'll, excited. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you more about him uh, in a bit. So so anyway, here, here's what I want you to know and and what I want everybody to know is that there's this thing that's actually real. It's called seasonal depression. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Is that when you're eating food that's really bland and it just makes you sad? See, that's what you don't know. But actually, seasonal depression, you know what the acronym of it is? What? SAD. S-A-D. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh, SAD is a real thing, and it actually causes people to spin into sort of the seasonal depression, obviously, hence the name. And I had a friend who last year came down to speak with me at a conference down south. Okay, but uh, she was from Michigan. And they have long winters, mm-hmm. really long winters. And so by the time it was, I think it was like the beginning of April, I had planted my garden in March. All right. So the weather here in February, March, April, you know, it's not that cold uh, at all. So so anyway, uh, she comes down and she just says, "Look, I really been struggling. We, we we still have four feet of snow on the ground. It's April. I haven't seen the sun in months. And uh, so if you if you guys don't see me in between sessions and stuff like that, I'll be outside just sitting in the sun because I'm I'm struggling with seasonal depression. And it's real. It's a real thing. No lie. Well, here's what I want everyone to know: that the the sort of the adverse is true for us who live in South Louisiana, is that seasonal depression kicks in during the summertime and by the time august comes um i am full on with seasonal depression really? yeah like absolutely right now? it is so hot so muggy um th- there's no there's no sort of sign of fall yet where other people up north are already getting like leaves you know changing colors and and a little cool breeze here there, there's just not even a respite from summer yet and so here are the symptoms, okay? And I have most of them. <laughs> really? Yeah. You looked them up? <laughs> I looked them up. Okay. <laughs> so, so here they are. Um, n- number one, less energy. Uh, uh-huh. See? I didn't want to say anything, but it's true. It's true. So <laughs> l- less energy, which I've noticed a little bit in you, mm. um, by the way. Um, number two, which I, I don't know if this is seasonal for me or if it's just yearly, uh, trouble concentrating. Oh, okay. Have you noticed? So next time I'm in, you know, I'll tell my son that. Next time you're trying to study and you just can't pay attention, just tell the teacher, I have seasonal depression. Yeah. Trouble concentrating. Number three, fatigue. Doesn't the summer just make you so 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 tired? It's true. No, seriously. August, like literally sometimes in August, it's sort of like it would be like a deep winter in January somewhere. You just want to sleep it through. Mm-hmm. In August, you just want to sleep through. You're right. No, I'm not joking. Yeah. So I actually thought to myself the other day, I just want to sleep through the day. It's so hot outside. <laughs> okay. Um, here, here's the fourth one, which I admit, greater appetite. <gasps> so what happens is people sit inside and they just eat. That's true. And I've been doing that. So that's why Cajuns love food so much. 
We live here. No, seriously. I, I literally told a friend of mine the other day, he emailed, emailed him back. I said, don't worry about me. My goal is just to gain 10 pounds in August. And wow. I didn't even realize what I was saying until I read this study. Oh, my goodness. So Have you did noticed? You, did you gain 10 pounds? I don't. I've, clo- I've gained a few. Wow. How do I look? You look great. Really? I guess. A little weight. <laughs> wait, a little weight on. You look full. <laughs> full body. You could never tell a girl that. All right. It's it's interesting what what guys can tell guys, but you can't tell a girl. Uh, you can't go to your wife and be like, "You really look full today." I mean, it nor just can I say, "I think you're seasonally depressed." My no, yeah, you can't, and you can't say you've been eating a lot because it's hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. Uh, so, uh, but but here's one that that's actually real. It's increased desire to be alone. Whoa, isolation. That's that's not good. Hmm. But I actually don't have that one. I think that's the only one I don't have. Hmm. Um, and then, um, so the, the next one is greater need for sleep. So your body's like craving extra rest. I don't know. I've had a hard time waking up now, in the morning. Does that apply to all seasons? No, this is the ones that kick in for seasonal depression. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's like hard winters or hard summers. Dang. I mean, if you have seasonal depression in the middle of spring, then you have depression. <laughs> All right, so you got other things going yeah. on, which they talk about. So if there's other, yeah. if, if your seasonal depression is 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 an yearly, it, it's year round, mm-hmm. then you need to go get checked out for like you know long term depression, which right. is a real thing. So, yeah. so I'm not making fun of that. Right. Uh, I'm just saying seasonal is sort of just a time. So I, I have it in the month of August, and people have it uh, as well. I've been noticing. Um, so and and then the last thing, which goes into um, greater appetite, is weight gain. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you look great even though you're seasonally depressed. Thanks. I'm not doing a good job. Casey told me to be sarcastic and make fun of you, and I'm, like, complimenting you. You're too really nice. F- Actually, Casey ha- Casey's kind of mean. <laughs> so his sarcasm. <laughs> well, he's mainly mean in summer when he's seasonally depressed. I think that's what it is. I think we need to call him out on this. Um, but you're nice. So anyway, uh, I've been struggling with this, but... Um, and then I realized that it's seasonal depression, mm. and it's it's. Uh, but here's the thing about seasons, which which is what I love. Okay, so uh, um, with every season comes to an end, and so right now there's like this hope that fall is on the horizon, mm-hmm. and and that um, you know this 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 season will end, and and mm-hmm. sort of this this hot state of life will, will kind of come to a close. You do have a hopeful look on your face right now. Thank you. I'm bright eyed. You know. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm really hopeful um, that this next season uh, will be a good one. So anyway, uh, we do have a great show today. Josh Blakesley will be on. If you guys don't know who Josh Blakesley is, um, he is an international uh, recording artist, um, travels all over the world, um, a super talented guy. And uh, we're going to talk life today. We're going to talk about all the stuff that he's seen around the world, uh, stuff, projects that he's working on. And uh, we're going to play a little game with Josh today. That's very so cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I, I I dabble in music, but this this guy's a real musician, so it'll be fun. What's the difference between international and multinational? Um, I don't know. Multi, maybe you uh, you're more than one person. Maybe Jeez. you have dual personalities. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't think he is. He's international. He's international. Anyway, <laughs> when we come back, we'll have Josh Blakesley.
Welcome back to the show. It's Paul George in studio. Adam Conk producing the show today. Casey Trohan's out of town. And as promised today, got the world famous Josh Blakesley here to interview. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Literally world world famous. <laughs> world famous. Yeah. In what world? That's the question. Well, in your own world, right? In your own in, world. In my own world. That's yeah. right. In my very own fantasy world. Anyway, Josh, great to have you on. Uh, for those of you guys who uh, know Josh, um, I'm sure you're excited to have him on. Uh, listen to him. For those of you who don't, uh, joshblakesley.com. Um, it, what's your website? What's the full thing? Joshblakesleyband.com. Yeah, you got to add the band in there. Uh, you got to add the band in there. You got to add joshblakesleyband.com. Uh, anyway, Josh travels around the world. Has written How many albums do you have written at this point? I got five, five albums. Five albums out there. Of course, those are on his website and on iTunes. He's all over the place, traveling over. So I was able to to kind of stop you in your tracks for a little bit to um, to come on the show. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So hey, uh, I got to play a game with you today, and you have no idea what this game is. Okay. So, but I love games. Uh, you do love games. You're a gamer, man. Uh, so uh, we have actually, uh, just to let people know, been knowing each other a really long time. You and I have. Yep. Okay. Uh, right. To the point where we we could literally trace this back to uh, high school. Right? right? Am I lying? High school. That's right. On a soccer field in high school. Something. Okay. I don't know what it was. Okay. So here's the name of the game. Okay. So the only rule of the game is that you have to be 100% honest with me. Okay, this feels like a trap. But it's, it's not okay. a trap. Okay, and and then turn <laughs> turn around is not fair play in a sense that I you I don't have to answer the question back to you. Okay, so so here's here <laughs> sounds like a terrible game. No, okay, so so here's the question. Okay, the only rule is that you have to be one hundred percent honest with me. Okay, okay. So I need to th- I need you to think as far back as you can, and then you have to tell me. What you thought of me the very first time you saw me or met me? What did I think of you? Man, I don't even know if I remember meeting you the first time. It was, but then it's the second time. What What did I think of you the first time we met? Yeah, or, or that you saw me or met me or knew about me. Okay. Man, so. I, I mean... I, I could go a lot of different ways here. Just go go the most honest route. It could be brutal. Uh, okay, but it's not. But it's not. See, I feel like I'll, I should be brutal, but it's actually kind. It's kind of probably kind of sweet. I mean, because okay. I had a lot of respect for you. I, I there was a lot of there was a lot of talk. Okay, because I, we're at Catholic high school okay. in Alexandria, and so leading up to that, I mean, you know, the the high school coaches. We're even talking about Paul George coming to our little ha- Catholic high school. Oh, okay, got you. And and so when you got there, I had a lot of respect. I was excited. I was excited to meet you and 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 know. So the, you weren't you weren't thinking like great Paul who, George. who's this jerk coming in um, or anything like that. You never thought that. I really wasn't. Okay. I really did not. Well, you're you're actually a much better guy than I thought, bro. <laughs> I mean, you just went—you just went up, way up in my book. Okay, so then can I answer the question about you? Yeah, you can yeah, say please. yes or no. The game. I can say yes or no. Yeah, the game can end here. Is what I'm saying. 
Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be a party poover. I feel like we gotta, we gotta move forward. And I'm kind of dying to know what you thought. Okay, so the first time, I don't know if I met you, but I saw you. Okay, was before what you remember meeting me, actually. So, like, I have this memory. I just remember things. Was you okay. uh, behind a drum kit, and you okay. had, you had a curved microphone over your head, <laughs> and. You were playing, you were playing drums and singing, but and then I thought, man, this that guy's really good. He's actually doing something that I could never do in my life, which is one, play drums, two, sing at the same time, which I could do neither alone or together. Okay, uh, and, and so I was absolutely, totally enthralled by the fact that you were in high school at the time and you were, uh, who was a big star back then that played drums and sang. Well, see, I got that whole thing from Phil Collins. That, Phil Collins. that whole the microphone over the head. I stole the whole thing. And Don Henley, they both did that. They okay. had like microphone behind them, right. curved around. Yeah, yeah, drumming the whole time. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. so so then you're you're like America's Got Talent, like just blowing it up, right? <laughs> this is before the whole you know show. But here's what threw me off: uh, is that you had these glasses that look like goggles, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they were huge. They were massive. Huge Harry Potter style. They they were more like ski goggles. Right. I mean, they were huge. And then I thought, whoa, whoa, <laughs> you got to get rid of those, man. <laughs> and I did eventually. You did. did. You got eventually. contacts. I got contacts. So anyway, that's yeah. my that's my first memory of you, actually, right there. <laughs> that's awesome. Phil Collins, that's even, awesome. even with the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I imagined myself differently than I think what people saw. I, I think I really imagined myself as Phil Collins there. With think, glasses, of course. Okay, so do me a favor. Find a picture from back then and post it. It would be okay. great. It's right, a perfect throwback. Okay. So yep. i got to find that. Anyway, if you're tuning in, got Josh Blakesley from the Josh Blakesley Band. He and I go way back, but Josh, uh, ever really since then, uh, you began this music career, and at what point did you ever think that your music would actually become a career, which, you know, 20 years later, whatever the case may be, you're still playing music full-time, it's what you do for a living. Uh, at what point did you ever think, I'm, I actually want to and will be playing music as, as my job? Did you ever think that was even a possibility? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I always had that desire in my heart. I mean, either, even when I was, you know, 14, 13, 14 years old and uh, playing drums, learning drums, playing, you know, with my junior high school friends and, <laughs> and learning music, you know, just uh, and developing a love for it. Uh, we actually were playing, we were playing in some, in some kind of raunchy, not so nice places at that age, you know, places we definitely should have been in at 14 years old. So young uh, teenager, I remember, you're playing in clubs, basically. Yeah, we were playing in nightclubs, and, and, and I remember just thinking, like, if this is what music is about, I, this, is, this is a little bit less than what I feel like it should be, because, the, you know, music was such a powerful force for me, and it was so beautiful, and I just felt like the, the time that I was spending dedicating my life and practicing and, you know, so much time spent um, and then, and then to be playing it in the places that I was playing it and just, and, and not having it fully appreciated was just like, man, there's, there's got to be more. Yeah. 
Um, and then shortly after, you know, God just works in mysterious, way, mysterious ways. Shortly after that, um, I kind of had what I call my light bulb moment, a come to Jesus so <laughs> moment have, where, you have where this conversion. I felt like, what's that? You have this conversion, like in the middle of all this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just the, it, it was just all happening around the same time. I had this conversion experience and really coming to know Jesus and coming to know the Lord and then understanding what the purpose of music is and why God developed it in the first place. And, hmm. uh, and then starting to learn, diving more into that and realizing that I, I needed to be playing music in the church and for, for God specifically. Uh, and so I kind of turned my sights at that time and, and started playing. I mean, I was, I was probably 15, I guess. Yeah. Um, wow. And that's, and that's when I, that's when I started putting my goggles on and drumming for Paul's yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what was the first church song you ever played in and sung? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I do. I don't think anybody knows the song, but I do remember it was "Do You Love the Lord." Uh, <laughs> what at did a that prayer have? Meeting. Like like two chords on the guitar? Is that what? It is? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's exactly. Right. It's like two chords, and it goes on forever. The song goes on forever, and it seems to get faster and faster as you right. as you get through the the third and fourth minute of the song. Yeah. So if you knew G and C and then can strum fast, you were good or what? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I, obviously at, at 15, you're having your conversion. You go from playing in clubs, to all of a sudden playing, you know, church music, Jesus music. Uh, you know, obviously you don't know what you want to do with your career at 15, but you know, you're passionate about music. Uh, so just take me back. So maybe if there's young people listening, um, or even parents, you know, kind of tuning in. Uh, did were you were, were you kind of did people give you a hard time as a as a teenager when you sort of had this transition, this conversion? So all of a sudden you're this and that, and now you're that. Um, yeah, that was a that was a difficult time. I mean, I knew um, I knew fully, like I was fully aware of God's presence and was just totally convicted about His love for me and and that I needed to, uh, that I needed to serve, that I needed to serve him. Um, and, and it became a servant master kind of thing. I, I remember reading a book, I can't remember the name of the book now, but, but it, there was like a, a paradigm shift in my mind where, um, I, I stopped looking at God as, as my servant who I came to and, and asked for things mm-hmm. and expected him to deliver them and started looking at him as master and myself as servant and started to say, and I, you know, I mean, we all struggle with that. I struggle right. with it still. Like what can God um, do but, for me? Right. Right. But instead of what can God do for, for me, what can I do for him? Because he has done everything for me already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that attitude I think is what kind of developed, um, in my mind as, you know, it made me want to serve. It made me want to, to, to play music for him and to uh, just made me convicted, you know? And so trying to, trying to connect that with friends at the time was difficult. You know, like just a lot of friends that I had were into habits and things that weren't necessarily, um, they weren't adjacent to, a, to walk in a path with, with Christ or with God. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I had to kind of stand my own, but you, you know, I, it's funny that I, I had good friends. They did, they didn't, they respected my decision. You know, I was honest with them and I, you know, I, um, I tried to be disciplined about walking the walk and, and, and they didn't, 
they weren't overboard with it. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, you got, you got to come with us to do this. I didn't, I never really felt over pressured. Um, I don't remember feeling like, you know, I had to do stuff. I just remember them loving me, you know, despite my way of the cross that I was walking. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, you're, uh, like your, your young story of your conversion is testament really for all, all the young people out there that you can, you can live your faith as a young person. You know, like you don't, you, you don't, can. you don't have to have one foot in, one foot out. Like you can be all in with, with your faith in Jesus, and then you could, you can take the talents that God has given you, and you could still do those, right? So it's not like you had to put down music and say, well, you know, I'm into my faith, so I can no longer play music. You just took right. the talent and you and you begin to steer it in another direction. That's right. That's absolutely right. And it was hard, you know, like having to approach my other band members and say guys i don't i can't i can't play this type of music anymore in this type of setting that was hard because it meant the band was breaking up which is always a hard thing for musicians and it also it also meant that these things that i have in common with these guys that i've known for a long time we don't necessarily share those things in common but luckily for us we had other things in common so we didn't i didn't lose those friendships but but had to make some tough choices like you know i'm not going to play music in in nightclubs till two in the morning anymore that's that's not something I feel like God's called me to do. Um, but I replaced that with, you know, playing for youth groups and playing for masses and playing for retreats and conferences and small concerts. So it's good. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there you are, you, you know, you go through sort of the, the back end of high school and then, and then you graduate and, and you're thinking, you know, what in the world am I going to do with my life? I, I, you know, I have faith. I love to do music, but, but how am I going to make this or allow this to come together for something I'm going to do with my life, right? Like, you didn't know that you would be doing this forever. I didn't. And I know, like, when I was in, uh, like when I was in high school, I, like, I had this thing. I wanted to move to L.A. so bad. I wanted to move to California. And I just, uh, I remember just, like, being at my house in my driveway or whatever and just, you just dreaming the dream, you know, like I'm going to play music, you know, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. <laughs> and then, uh, and, and then, you know, just, just continuing with my musical journey, just deciding to, um, just, just keep playing because it's what I love. And really now, Paul, I mean, it's, it, I, I, I get to do what I love to do, um, almost every single weekend. Uh, and sometimes in between, I get to I get to use the gifts that God's given me and uh, and support my family doing it and it really is a blessing you know like it's it's such a huge it's such a huge blessing to be able to do that um, to be able to dream about it when you're a kid and pl- and play play music in and out day in and day out and practice hard and then get to a place where um, you can play now you know I'm not I'm not going to play for the Super Bowl next year or anything but. But it doesn't have to be about that, you know, and it's uh, and it hasn't been for me. It's been it's been a beautiful and um, and humble experience for me. All right. So, so. when we come back, I, I'm going to tell people about the time we uh, drove to a gig across country and we almost flew off the road. Uh, we'll be back. I can't right, wait. We'll be right back. With Josh. <laughs>
Welcome back to the show. This is Paul George in studio. Great to be with you. I have Josh Blakesley on as my guest. Josh, a little soft 80s listening jam in the background just to kind of get us <laughs> in the mood. I love it, man. Okay, That's so, my heyday. Okay, love so, so uh, your favorite 80s band. Ooh, that's hard. Favorite 80s band. Okay, go band. Man. Go band and then go, like, artist. Okay, so I'll give you two. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm going to have to go with U2. I mean, U2 is kind of, they've kind of spanned the decades, but the 80s was kind of their, that was their heyday. I yeah. mean, that's when they were, so I got to go U2 with the band, I think. Okay. Um, and then favorite, like, solo artist? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, it's got to be, man, I don't even know. I I don't even know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like. Boy George? <laughs> it's definitely Boy George. Come a chameleon. That, I was on the tip of my tongue. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Boy George. Yeah. No, Billy Joel. I'm going Billy Joel, but he was kind of, he was kind of seventies though, but, but he had Uptown oh, he's Girl definitely in the 80s. And he had some, yeah. He was definitely in the eighties. Definitely. So, so you graduate high school, going to college, and you, you and I kind of reconnected actually in college, more so yeah. uh, than anything. And uh, you know, I, we went to different schools, and you're obviously a music, music, you know, magician. You, you can do magic. I'm, I'm, I'm you an illusion. Do magic. You remember that song from the eighties? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you're doing music and, and I'm, you know, going to school and playing sports. But uh, we did have something really unique in common, obviously, which is our faith. And then this call to, to serve the church, you know, and do ministry. So uh, it's a summer and we get invited to go up to Steubenville, Ohio, to be a part of a conference. And uh, yeah. you're going to do some music and, and not like big stage music. Okay. So like you're doing like, I don't know, <laughs> music like in the, I don't know, in the bathroom or whatever. I don't know. They're putting you somewhere. <laughs> and, but we just yeah. said, they just invited us. Right. And they, and they were like, they just told me like, you could observe and, and like maybe like give your testimony to like four people, you know? So, so we're like, we're in. So we take your little car, which is about the size of my shoe. <laughs> It's a little Honda Civic, yeah. A little Honda Civic, yeah. and uh, and we drive up to Steubenville, Ohio, and it's 23 and a half hours, right? Yes, it was a long trip. So, so this is what I know. On the way up there, we stop in Nashville, which is about halfway, and we enjoy the city, which you know we both love, and, and you love because of music, and, th and then we make it to Ohio, but on the way back, we were exhausted, and we decided yeah. to drive straight through. And so <laughs> I just remember you driving and I'm like dozing off. It's middle of the day. The sun's beating through the windshield and uh, all of a sudden <laughs> you want to, you want to take it from here? You, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll let me finish that for you. So, <laughs> so I, I think actually it was like super early in the morning, somewhere outside of Memphis. And, uh, and I, I think you had dozed off in the, in the, uh, in the passenger seat there next to me. And I'm in the, the Honda Civic, which by the way, is, is 1988 Honda Civic, uh, maroon color. I, you started calling it the little, little caddy. Cause we also, it, it was kind of one of those things when you walked up on it, it was just like, look at it. Yeah, I look could literally it, take a step and, and then and step on top of it. 
It was that small. That's right. It was so small, yeah. And it idled, it, like, even when it was just resting, it idled it, you know, like, it must have been, like, 20,000 RPMs. I don't know, it was way, it was like, you know, anyway, we're driving down in this tiny little vehicle, and you had fallen asleep, and, and I, man. And apparently the, you did, too. The sound of the... The sound of the little engine purring going down the street just <laughs> lulled me to sleep too. So yeah, so I so I think I think we both woke up somewhere around uh, the middle of the median with all of the weeds going over the car, all of the <laughs> tall grass, and then I swerved back on the road and um, uh, I really our- look at it as an oppor- as an opportunity that that you know to save our lives. I think is what happened because uh, it could have been terrible, but yeah. I you know Do you ever, uh, got us back on the road. Do you ever see those images of like heaven where people are like running through the grass with their arms open, touching Elysian <laughs> touching the tops of the grass, you know, like yeah. running? That's what I, I woke up thinking. This is our time, you know. Let me just put this is this is heaven. We will not make it out of this. And uh, for some reason, you were able to swerve back, but you know what? Uh, it was all worth it. We got to to go up to Steubenville, Ohio, and and literally do nothing. Um, and, <laughs> but to say that we it were, was a beautiful time. Uh, we were a part of something, but, uh, anyway, that really kind of sparked this, uh, honestly, I think that trip kind of sparked this, uh, passion inside both of us to what would, what would life look like if we, if we not only used our gifts, but we just served the Lord, uh, in whatever capacity he wanted. And, and, and for you and I, it looked different, uh, um, but we've kept in touch since, but you really have taken your music and, and from college until today, uh, you know, you've produced albums, you've traveled not only around the country, uh, but around the world sharing uh, your music. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's, been a, it's been a beautiful journey. It really has. And I've gotten to see um, some amazing things and do some amazing things. And there are definitely times, I think, that as servants, um, we, question, we question the calling. And we, you know, because uh, it's not an easy road, but it is, um, it, it is one that God has, has set us on. And I, I really do feel strongly about that. You know, like, um, it's a calling, and we're we're here to serve and to, to live out the calling. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you have a unique perspective that maybe a a lot of people, um, who might not have this perspective is you've traveled. Um, I mean, you probably can't count the amount of churches or dioceses you've traveled in, 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 in the United States. And then you've, you've been able to travel and experience the church, uh, globally in other countries as well. Um, you, you know what would you what would you say? Um, you know that that your sense is where the where the church is uh, sort of here and there globally, and uh, what are the good things happening? I guess around the world. Yeah, that that's a good question. I had um, a couple of years ago. Well, I guess it's been uh, several years ago now. When when uh, World Youth Day was in Madrid, Spain. Um, we, the, the band and I went and, um, we, we had a, a few different events while we were there to, to play. And we, I remember walking out of, of one of them. It was a, it was a big, beautiful church, um, and a European style. And ju- I mean, just, and it had been such a beautiful day and we walked out and set our, set our instruments out. Um, we had just finished the event and, uh, we were borrowing a, a, 
portable sound system from some people that we met from France that were there. I mean, this is kind of, it's a it's a it's a mission. I mean, when you go to World Youth Day, you know, it's a pilgrimage. You're you're just trying to. Um, you know, figure things out as you go along. And we found a sound system and we were putting things together. We set this sound system up just outside the church and, um, and we just started, we just started playing in the street and, and people started gathering and, um, and it was cool. It was a cool moment of community and like people just, I mean, we were playing some Christian songs. We were playing some not Christian songs, just songs that we, we knew would be super familiar to people. And, and, uh, and, and it, it, I mean, we were just loving it. Everybody was loving it. And, um, so I walked away from a minute and let the band just kind of carry and, and, uh, just wanted to talk to some of the people in the street and see what, what the, what the culture was there and what, what the, um, the pulse of the church was kind of, and I, I had this great conversation with this man who was from there, who was from Madrid, um, saying that he had recently been through a separation with his wife and that he had, um, that he had left the church, that he, he didn't find that there was life in it. And he felt that it was, um, it was difficult for him to attend mass and that it was boring and that it was, uh, not for him. Mm. And, uh, he said, having all those people in his, um, in his city and, and seeing, and seeing us gathered there, you know, just on the corner of the street, uh, revealed to him, um, an expression of life in the church. And, and he just expressed to me like that he, he wanted to return. He wanted, he wanted to be a, make a difference and, mm. and, and tell others that there was life in the church. And, uh, that just had like such, it was such a remarkable moment for me, um, to realize the witness that, um, that we can all be, I think to the global church, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that really, so it was a beautiful, that beautiful story, moment. uh, kind of, kind of leads me into, and to want to get your insight here is, you know, you, you know, you, you have music, you travel around, you do all those things. And, you know, I travel and speak and people say, well, you know, I don't have the same platform that your Josh have, but, um, so, so what would be your encouragement just, you know, to people, normal lay people, moms and dads, husbands, wives, uh, young adults, young people of what, what can they do, uh, instead of making excuses, uh, really about, Oh, I can't do it. Or I don't, I, I can't do what you guys do. What would be your, one encouragement for them to just say, I, I want to serve the church. I want to, I want to, I want to love people. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, that day was not anything extraordinary. It, it was, uh, you know, I think we looked at that event that we had just done as something, you know, like here's our platform and here's these thousands of people and we're going to play our music and, and, and talk about Jesus to them. And, you know, and we, and we do get those opportunities occasionally to do that kind of thing, but that's not what that moment was about. I mean, that the moment afterwards was just us doing what we do, being who we are, being people, being human beings relating to other human beings. Um, the band and I have just, as we've been traveling, have been talking a lot about the idea of unity and 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 trying to love despite the differences. And I think that makes the biggest. Uh, impact on our culture is is for us just to to love in the way that God loves us. Um, I I think about the ways that I can I can screw up a day, and despite it, God still loves me despite whatever mistakes I make. And if we approach each other with that same attitude, um, I think we can make a huge huge impact on the world. So it doesn't have to be you know about a platform. It doesn't have to be about you know. Um, it doesn't even really have to be about 
about going into war into your workplace and saying, everybody follow me to mass, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> right. it can just be about loving one another. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think so, a lot of times, you know, people have, have excuses because, you know, they can't do something big or great or have this amazing gift that people can see. And, and, and what you're saying is the same thing, you know, I'm trying to get out there is that none of that really matters. What matters is how we live our life every day, how we interact with people, sharing love with people. And that's the way that we begin to share the gospel and our faith with other people. Uh, that's and, where it starts. And Christ calls us to be hidden no matter what. So if you're on a stage, it, it's not about you anyway. It's about showing Christ. And when you're off stage, you're showing Christ. And so you, you're wanting to take the, the, you know, the backdrop anyway, right? So it's not about me. It's not about you. It's really about Jesus coming to the forefront. And we have a couple of minutes Amen. left, and, and one of the things I want to get to is uh, your music is so good, man. I mean, it's just, and over the years, your music gets better and better and better, your albums, and uh, I'm sure people have tons of questions about all that, but but where can people get your music? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's on the website, uh, com. Uh, it's, it's also on iTunes and all the, um, the digital formats that, that sell music, uh, and Spotify, of course, so, um, can stream it. Um, so, I mean, we always, of course, we prefer that, that you go to the website and buy the album because I'm still old school. I feel like when you've got the booklet in your hand and you can see who wrote the songs and who played on, you know, what song and so on and so forth, there's something magical about that. But, um, uh, but yeah, those are the, it's all, it's in all the, the regular places. And you're on Twitter. Yeah. All the social media, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, and Facebook, and is it at uh, Josh Blakesley Band? Instagram. Um, it's some of them are at. Uh, I think they're most at. Most of them are at Josh Blakesley Band. One of them is at Josh Blakesley. Uh, so, all close together. Yeah. So anyway, um, but you know, interesting about your music is, you know, so you have some contemporary Christian music that that you play in concerts. And you do stuff like that, and then you've also written a lot of stuff for the liturgy and for mass. So you you have you have this sort of diverse mixture of music that you've you know you know brought right. brought out there. Yeah, we just we just finished recording uh, mass parts. Uh, it's called Mass Restoration, and um, they're being mixed right now. I just got the Gloria and Amen back uh, in the last couple of days, so listening to those and kind of tweaking some things on them, and they'll they'll be out. Um, Hopefully October, September, October. So uh, in the in the next couple months. That's so. great. So is that going to be through uh, Oregon Catholic Press? Are you doing that yourself? Those are coming. That's right. Yeah, those are coming out through Oregon Catholic Press, um, and uh, they're they're supporting us on on this project, and uh, they've been such a huge help, and um, and they're they're really good at um, at liturgy music. They're really it's just. It's their forte, and yep. so yep, yep. Uh, we're excited to be working with them on it. That's cool. And, and then you got a lot of stuff that you've written on your own, you know, that's been produced. You've done a lot of producing yourself for other people on other people's albums. So, that's right. Um, just really great stuff, man. And uh, I'm going to definitely have to have you back on the show because we got a lot more stories that we need to, that we need yeah. to tell. Yeah. So many. Yeah. And some probably that we shouldn't tell. Some that uh, you just can't you just can't explain. <laughs> you just got you just right. got to leave it and just move on, you know. That's right. So anyway, man, uh, right. great job. Uh, thanks for coming on today. Um, 
as Josh Blakesley. You can find him at joshblakesleyband.com or on Twitter at joshblakesleyband. And it's got all this great information. So thanks again, bro. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Have a good one. Talk to you later. All right. Peace. Love.